0: Okay, it's February 24th, 2022. On the prayer list, we got Ron and his family. um, His daughter passed away. And praying for that entire situation. And uh, Reverend Mrs. Davis, we keep on here. Our friend Chuck Knips had some medical procedures on his uh, shoulder and back. Praying for him. John and Ruby uh, and Vassy and Linda, friends of our Bible study and podcast, Marta and Charles, blessings for them, Marcos, salvation for his son, and when we pray for someone to be saved, it's always that person's decision, but uh, you can certainly ask God to send many, many witnesses. And we do that for Marcos and prayer. Should put, should put on there for Hannah to get out of New York. Well, time comes she needs to. Let's trust that she will. Uh, Bob, uh children, Stephanie and Mike, unsafe family members. Uh, situation in Europe. There with uh, the Ukraine and Putin being very aggressive. We're going to talk about that later. And um, China and Taiwan. North and South Korea and our country, our so-called leaders. <laughs> Jerry's sister, Judy, Comfort, the family of the five-year-old child that was killed on an ATV. Regina Clark, praying for our brother Bob here and knowing all is well because, Lord, we're asking and in agreement that all is well for our brother. Opie, Rex, Eric, and John Park, praying for Jerry Reeves, Donnie, and Gary Neighbor, praying for Ray, his wife Judy, and pray for the people in the, what does that say? The, the Ukraine? The Ukraine, yeah. The Golan Heights. Oh, he wrote U and then a separate word C R A N E. Gotcha. Creative spelling, right? Yeah. A bit
1: shorter, shorthand spelling.
0: All right. All right. Um, I'm, I'm down with it. People in the Golan Heights, Taiwan, salvation for Americans, protection, peace of all. Christian's friend, Beth Baker, the Long family, Mandy, Gary, Comfort for Brother Ron. Let's join hands. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for this assembly. We thank you for the folks that are here. And we know that many others would have come had they been able. We pray, God, you just guide us and teach us and help us. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, go to Matthew 27. Now, you get into hell by willfully rejecting God. That's how it happens. And we've talked about this a lot. You do not get into hell by because you didn't get the memo or because, you know, died too fast and couldn't get saved. That's not how God works we're going to look at these thieves on the cross and we know that one of them in his dying moment turns to Christ but prior to that they uh, were both uh, in uh, Matthews account and also in Mark's account both of these thieves on the cross well at the end as Matthew uh, what they were saying is he trusted in God. Let him save himself. Mm-hmm. Verse forty-four: The thieves also, thieves plural, which were crucified with him, cast the same in his teeth. Now that's just cast insults. I have it in the uh, NIV. It says, uh, "In the same way, the robbers who were crucified with him also heaped." insults on him. Mm -hmm. So they're both doing it. Now as often happens in the Gospels you can get more information by looking at another one of the Gospels about the same issue. So we're going to go to Luke chapter 23 And start at uh, verse 32, where it says, And there were also two others, malefactors, these are the thieves, led with him to be put to death. It's interesting how that happened that way. I don't think it was a coincidence. I think God very likely ordained it that I'm going to send two others who are also to be put to death with Jesus. And I'm going to show you the difference between the two. Now, we know from the Gospel of uh, Mark and Matthew that both of them thieves was casting aspersion, throwing insults at Jesus. Both of them were. But the closer to death that One of them got, well, let's read on. Verse 33, And when they were come to the place, which is called Calvary, there they crucified him and the malefactors, these thieves, one on the right hand and the other on the left. Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots. Christ, the, the, God the Father, had the, had the power and the authority to forgive sin. And he's forgiven this sin that they're doing. Because it was God's will <clears throat> that one die for many, right? They were actually carrying out God's will, if you think about it. Jesus said, forgive them. Now, many of them probably went on to commit other atrocities that uh, they didn't get forgiven for. But in this case, he said, forgive them. Verse 35, and the people stood beholding. And the rulers also with them derided him, saying, he saved others, let him save himself. If he be Christ, the chosen of God. And the soldiers also mocked him, coming to him and offering him vinegar and saying, If thou be the king of the Jews, save thyself. And a superscription also was written over him in letters of Greek and Latin and Hebrew. This is the king of the Jews. And one of the malefactors, one of these thieves, which were hanged, railed on him, saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself and us. Now, earlier they were both saying that, or they were at least both heaping insults. But the other, verse 40, answering, rebuked him, saying, Does not thou fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man hath done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, thou shalt be with me in paradise. Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. So he cried out in his dying moment and found salvation in Christ. life can be very very difficult Jesus talked about you know in this world you'll have tribulation Mm -hmm. and I guess for some some heartbreaks never heal but um, God wants to wipe away every tear He is absolutely willing this man didn't have to do anything other than ask. Moments, no doubt, before he himself died. But the soul departs the body. The soul is the mind. It's not made of organic material. That's why the soul cannot die. The Bible tells us, Second Peter 3, verse 9, that... Um, it's not God's will that any should perish. It's not His will that any perish to hell and out of His company. So therefore we know that He will make provision for everyone to decide what fork in the road they're going to take. which one of these thieves hanging to either side of Jesus? do you want to be like in your dying moment? That
2: reminds me of something. Uh, I saw a post for <clears throat> two band leaders Were one was going to heaven and one was going to hell. Uh, and I think it was based on their song that they sung. But it said, uh, Highway to Heaven, Road to Hell, ACDC and some other yeah. some other band. I forget which one it was.
0: Well, they wrote Highway to Hell and uh, Led Zeppelin wrote Stairway to Heaven. But Jimmy Page of Led Zeppelin is more evil than any boys in AC/DC. Yeah.
2: But it reminded me of that when you said uh, you come to the fork in the road. Yeah. And
0: like Yogi Berra, you take, take it. And it. Uh, you come to the fork in the road, take it. <laughs> take the right one. Yes. Right. Um, so one of these thieves did <clears throat> that, and the other didn't. Therefore, we can't know what decision someone makes as they depart this life.
1: Let me ask you a question then. If you've had ample opportunity over the years and kept on rejecting, 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 kind of like Pharaoh, I think about him, all the warnings he had got, all the different things that God put on him, and he still just hardened his heart and God turned him over to a well, reprobate mind. Well, there are mind. people who, who, who do that. <clears> but they... me and Ted had this conversation the other day on Sunday, and he was saying, well, you can have that 11th hour deathbed experience. And I'm sitting there thinking, what about God hardening that person's heart or seared his heart? Because, you know, so he well, can that, no you could be given
0: earth? over to a reprobate mind. When does know. that happen? I mean, Well, that's for God mm. to know. I mean um I guess you can get so debaucherous in your living according to Romans chapter 1 that God just says he knows you're never going to come to him. He knows you mm-hmm. wouldn't. He knows that you'd spit in his face if if you were given the chance and you get given over. But um the 11th hour vineyard workers get the same reward as those who've been working all day. That's the way that was the parable of the vineyard workers. But, I mean, if you've planned this from the beginning of your
1: life and said, I'm just going to wait until that eleventh hour. You don't know. Yeah, I And I understand that.
0: And in order to make that decision, I'm just going to wait until the eleventh hour. and Just live your life of... Um, <laughs> in order for hurting. you to make that decision, are you not acknowledging that there is a heaven to be gained and a hell to be shunned? Aren't you acknowledging that, yeah, I, I want, you know, uh, there, this is all true, but I'm just going to wait mm-hmm. until the end of my life, the very last moment, and then I'll jump right on board with Jesus and right on into heaven. Mm-hmm. I don't think people consciously make that. I think people that think that way are agnostic and they're not believers in the truth. Yeah. You yeah, know, but it would not worked that way. God, God is not mocked either. He knows what you're up
1: to to begin with. So he
0: knows those who are his. The Bible
1: tells us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, now, and the
2: and you give opportunities
1: to taste and
2: see that the Lord is good. You you get the it says, having tasted, uh, and then reject and it. reject it says in Hebrews. Um, so that's that's where the the individual personalities and the ability to choose right and wrong come in. Uh, you have that opportunity, and you say, yeah, I see that the, that there is a God, I see that there is a, a, a wonderful opportunity here, but yeah, I don't want to do that. I think I, I just yeah, want to live my life the way I want to live it, and that's ultimately what you're saying. I want to be in
1: charge of my life. And you quench the Holy Spirit at that time.
2: Yeah, well, he could. He, you know, it, how many times does he right. give you that opportunity?
0: Well, I must have been given an opportunity a lot of times, mm-hmm. as a agnostic, as an atheist, as a blasphemer, mm-hmm. and um, you know, God changed me. He used Christian to do that, mm-hmm. and um, way to go, Christian.
2: I was just there. Yeah. Got into the saving.
0: Well, he used you, and I needed that. But um, the issue uh, that the Catholics teach—that well, you know—if uh, you commit suicide, you're going to hell. Now that's not a biblical teaching at all. We well, have um, two examples in the Bible: of people that are with Christ that did commit suicide, King Saul and Samson. King Saul did. fell on his sword, mm-hmm. and Samson, of course, knew he would die, and, and he pushed that pillar over. Yeah, him. Mm-hmm. and. Sure. So, we don't know the internal struggles that people might have, nor do we know the bombardment of the demonic world against people. <clears throat> might be John.
2: Or Reverend.
0: He's usually a little later, but he might. It might be him. Anticipation. It is John. So um, you know, there is a demon world out there, and they,
2: um,
0: they will assail people. You know, hey John, how are you doing? Well, that's no problem. Yeah, no problem. You got a you got a tardy slip. Here's
1: your
0: chair. <laughs> <laughs> Where you want me to sit? Right
2: there. If you sit right here, I'll get you set up. Yeah. I'm slowed. I was in
0: that rain all day. Oh, yeah, getting the carts in. Yeah, it poured, yeah. didn't it? Thank God for the rain. Is that right? Boy, some of the areas
1: down there in Max Meadows were completely flooded. Okay. Oh, I know. I saw that. some
0: videos that people
1: posted on, don't, don't well, on, on the Facebooks. Oh, Max Meadows. Some good of the low-lying
0: areas. Uh-huh. i never seen that much water. So, uh, back on what we were saying, um, we all have a lot in life. You know, and we just heard earlier of a five-year-old girl dying. So you're not guaranteed any length of life. Mm -hmm. Now that child uh, would have been taken right into the arms of the Lord. Mm -hmm. And God, he allows a lot of things. And if someone takes measures to end their own life, God lets them do it. That does not condemn them to hell. That's a Catholic teaching, which does not come from this Bible. Again, like Forrest mentioned, King Saul... You know, Samuel the prophet says you'll be with me what, today. Yeah, this, day. this day. Well, Saul fell on his own sword. He died. He killed himself. Well, why didn't Samuel say, "Now, you know what the Pope says about killing yourself? Don't do that." <laughs> um, we can't. We can't understand what another person is experiencing, and at times the pain can get so excruciating. I'm reading a book right now, it's called The Fortunate Son.
1: Um, Chesty Puller, remember him? I've heard of him. Did you read that? William
2: and Mary. He went to William and Mary. Yeah.
1: And he blew off so much of his body. And I'm reading it right now. And he was just seemingly, I'm getting to the point where he's coping with it. And then he finally gave up. I I don't know why, I can imagine how he gave up, but he seemed to be such a strong willed person and the footsteps that he had to follow from his father, and uh, that probably weighed so heavily because his father got all these accolades, everybody just kind of, and here he is in a wheelchair, yeah. and he couldn't even put an artificial limb on unless they lowered him into a bucket. And it's like, his fingers
0: were gone, he blew off a leg up to his Something hip. Sounds no. like a terrible, terrible situation. But I, okay, I, so, and he gives up, he gets tired of fighting that fight. now. In my studies of what's called TMS, tension myositis, tension myoneural, the mind-body syndrome, when you hurt, you're hurting emotionally, and it's reflected in your physical body. And many studies have uh, pointed to the advent of disease also being under your control, the remission of cancer and the reappearance of it. They're under the control in the majority of cases. I believe that. Now, that might be an affront to some of you all. But from what I have read, you are more in control. And I had a discussion with Steve Ozanich that wrote The, paper, the Great Pain Deception. And we were talking about this. And I said, well, if this is true, if what you're saying is true, then the majority of people do die by suicide. They just decide that's what they're going to do, and that's the way it goes. Now, that's I don't want to derail the discussion here at all. It's just food for thought, and I'm not teaching that. But uh, God forbid anyone... Now, John, just so you brought into the loop here, Colonel Ron's not here tonight. His daughter passed away. Who's that? Ron Taylor, his daughter passed I'm away. I'm sorry. Yeah, she just has so much... Emotional trouble that it finally caught up to her, and and you know that's why we're having this discussion.
1: I'm very sorry. Yeah,
0: we all are because he's such a such a precious, precious brother in Christ and friend of the family, and you know I told him on the phone yesterday was she? she was 28. His second <laughs> wife was quite a bit younger than him, so she was 28. But. um <clears throat> You know, I told Ron yesterday, I said, you're closer to us than most of our family. Mm -hmm. But when we're joined in Christ, Mm -hmm. that's how it works. That's how it is. But, um, you know, I just feel in my spirit that Ariana was given that opportunity and may have taken hold of it even before this day that she... Felt there was st- no hope. There was no hope. Now, Satan sends out demonic emissaries, and one of them is a spirit of hopelessness and a, a spirit of.
1: Christian, do this for me uh, sit down.
0: Spirit of even suicide. You yeah. know, there's a, a series right now on
1: TV with uh, David Jeremiah called The Overcomer. Right. And he went through Elisha, uh, Joseph, yeah, uh, one other person there, and it was amazing how these people could overcome such adversity. And we know a lot of the different stories, and uh, but they never gave up. You know, the hope that they had
0: just kept them going by sticking with the Word of God. Yeah, well, uh, that's right, and they kept after it. You know, when I was getting some physical therapy down in Greensboro, the fellow had a sign out there. It said, uh, "Do you remember that guy that quit?" No. Nobody else does either. So, you know, sometimes I think that's gonna be me, the guy that quit, but I'm hoping not. You're not gonna quit. Um Bobbert. Bobbert <laughs> won't quit. All right, so I'm really sorry to
2: hear that.
0: Well, you know, um, the Lord said he'd wipe away every tear. And, you know, uh, what you want to know in these situations is you want to have understanding. Mm-hmm. Very unfortunately, if um, there, there is Catholicism in the family, they're going to come around and, and just go, Oh, no, we're going to have to be prayed out of purgatory. No, ain't how it works. You know, uh, but, but Christ knows those who are his. And uh, God knew that even King Saul, rotten old character that he was, was coming to heaven. Was coming to heaven in spite of the fact that he fell on his own sword. Well, and
2: Samson was in the hall of um, faith. In, yeah, like, in Hebrews, Hebrews 11. eleven.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to open up with that short discussion, and now we're going to move on to geopolitical stuff and look at First uh, Daniel chapter seven. The um, Ukraine has been invaded. I heard that. And um, many, many people have died.
2: Civilians?
0: Yeah. They said the first accountable death was a child. Just a little kid. That's what I read today. So, um, Daniel chapter 7 the first year now by the way these different major prophets in the Bible, Daniel of course and we're going to read from Ezekiel they will be talking about the very same event just like the uh, the writers of the four gospels are talking about the same thing maybe a little different tweak on it here or there slightly different perspective but talking about the same thing So, I think a lot of people make a mistake by not realizing that and and thinking that, you know, there's just one account of this and there's one account of that, and where prophecy uh, is concerned, there are several accounts talking about the same thing. Uh, This uh, is called the Four Beasts in in the notes on this Bible, chapter 7 of Daniel in the first year of Belshazzar king of Babylon Daniel had a dream and visions of his head upon his bed then he wrote the dream and told the sum of the matters Daniel spake and said I saw in my vision by night and behold the four winds of the heaven strove upon the great sea and four great beasts came up From the sea. Many people will say coming from the sea means these are Gentile powers. The four great beasts came from the sea, diverse one from another. The first was like a lion and had eagle's wings. I beheld till the wings thereof were plucked and it was lifted up from the earth and made to stand upon the feet as a man and a man's heart was given to it. What beast is this? What power could that be? We identify with an eagle, but then your Britain does as well and has these, uh, what do they call coat them? Coats of arms? arms. Coats of arms with all these characters. I mean, <clears throat> look at the one for um, Prince William's family. It looks like they read Revelation 13 and said, that looks like a good idea for a coat of arms. <laughs> Verse 5, and behold another beast, a second like to a bear, and it raised up itself on one side. On the east side or on the west side? I think the west side. It raised up itself on one side. Does anybody have any doubt who the bear is? The bear has always been Russia. That would be the east side, wouldn't it? Well, they're going into Ukraine is that, is that the east side? Yeah, well, they're heading east. More but
1: south. Yeah, that, well, they're heading west right now, but Russia's always been, when they had a battle of Leningrad and Stalingrad, it talked about the Germans moving to the east where Russia, Russia was at.
0: Well, Russia... How uh, could they move to the east? The Germans moved to the east. Germans. Of Russia. All right, no, no, no worries on I me. Mean, Okay, this bear, it says it had three ribs in the mouth of it between the teeth of it. It's holding three ribs. Hmm. And they said, thus unto it arise, devour much flesh. You know, the King James has it this way. They said, like the ribs that, that this bear got into its teeth, they were ready for war. They said, let's do this. Let's go. Now is Ukraine potentially one of these? And had there been one or two prior to Ukraine or are there one or two yet to come? Um,
2: Georgia and Crimea.
0: And the Russia took those nations? Yeah. That could be the third one. But um, arise and devour much flesh. Let's get them. Let's go. And um, it says, verse 6, After this, I beheld, and lo, another like a leopard, which had upon the back of it four wings of a fowl. The beast had also four heads, and dominion was given to it. What could this be? Now, the Brits like to use a leopard, don't they? You see that? Germany does. Do they? Okay. Um, Four heads. There is some sort of a coalition here then and these things are called beasts because they have great power, great military might. And so then uh, after this, verse 7, I saw in the night visions and behold a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible and strong exceedingly, and it had great iron teeth. It devoured and brake in pieces and stamped the residue with the feet of it, and it was diverse from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. I considered the horns, and behold, there came up among them another little horn, before whom there were three of the first horns plucked up by the roots. And behold, in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man and a mouth speaking great things. This is your Antichrist, um, and when you get in Daniel chapter 8, I wasn't going to read it tonight, but you can, should, I think, potentially you have America there, or at least a western power, but it sure sounds like America in Daniel chapter 8 because it said this power crosses the face of the whole earth without touching the ground. That was written, what, about 600 BC? And, and he prophesied of a power that could cross the face of the whole earth without touching the ground, uh, probably by missiles. Putin is uh, threatening nukes. He, he said to the Western nations, if any of you all interfere with what I'm doing, you're gonna see destruction like the world has never seen. You got We got a sub off the Atlantic, sub in the Gulf there's two in the on the west coast okay well let's put the pieces together <clears throat> um, these ten horns verse 8 it talks about how there came up among them that little horn and then the other three were subdued that's mentioned again in chapter 8
2: <clears throat> verse
0: 9 I beheld till the th- I beheld till the thrones were cast down and the Ancient of Days, and that's capitalized here as it should be. The Ancient of Days did sit, whose garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head like pure wool. His throne was like the fiery flame, and his wheels as burning fire. If you read Revelation, Christ is described there this way. White hair, bronze skin, um, Verse 10, a fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. Thousand, thousands ministered unto him. By ministering Mm -hmm. to him, they're not preaching to him, they're serving him. And 10,000 times 10,000 stood before him. The judgment was set and the books were opened. All right, this is happening at a time that these other Three beasts have done their things and done what they wanted to do or or at least trying to do. Verse 11, I beheld then, because of the voice of the great words which the horn spake, I beheld even till the beast was slain and his body destroyed and given to the burning flame. As concerning the rest of the beasts, they had their dominion taken away, yet their lives were prolonged for a season and time. Whatever these other nations were, are going to exist for a little while. But not this Antichrist kingdom. The Antichrist, his body destroyed, given to the burning flame that which shall not be destroyed. Verse 15, I, Daniel, was grieved in my spirit in the midst of my body, and the visions of my head troubled me. I came near unto one of them that stood by me and asked him the truth of all this. So he told me and made me know the interpretation of the things. These great beasts which are four, are four kings which shall arise out of the earth. But the saints of the Most High shall take the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, even forever and ever. Then I would know the truth of the fourth beast, which was diverse from all the others, exceeding dreadful, whose teeth were of iron, and his nails of brass, which devoured, break in pieces, and stamped, The residue with his feet. And of the ten horns that were in his head, and of the other which came up, and before whom three fell, even of that horn had eyes and a mouth that spake very great things, whose look was more stout than his fellows. I beheld at the same, and the same horn made war with the saints, and prevailed against them, until the Ancient of Days and Judgment was given to the saints of the Most High, and the time came that the saints possessed the kingdom. Thus, he said, the fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom upon the earth, which shall be diverse from all kingdoms, and shall devour the whole earth, and shall tread it down, and break it in pieces." Sounds like nuclear war, doesn't it? And the ten horns out of this kingdom are ten kings that shall arise, and another shall rise after them, and he shall be diverse from the first, and he shall subdue three kings. This is the Antichrist. I mean, these this coalition of nations, it looks like mm-hmm. this is going to come together first, and then the Antichrist shows up and takes over. Verse 25, And he shall speak great words against the Most High and shall wear out the saints of the Most High and think to change times and laws. Now, I believe what's being said there is he knows what's written about him. The devil knows what his his future is told, but he's going to try to change it. You know, we wonder if he knows his end, why is he even bothering? And apparently he thinks he can change it wants to change the times and laws and they shall be given into his hand until a time and times and the dividing of times and Daniel 9 and maybe elsewhere we realize that this is three and a half years the last three and a half years of the tribulation Jacob's trouble the antichrist this fourth beast and he's called the beast in places isn't he the number of the beast right Um, He will get his way, and the only thing that's going to stop him is the return of the Lord. He sets his feet down on the Mount of Olives. Verse 26 says, But the judgment shall sit, and they shall take away his dominion, to consume and to destroy it unto the end. And the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High, Whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions shall serve and obey him. In the millennial age, you still got nations. You still got these nations. Last verse of chapter 7, verse 28. Hitherto is the end of the matter. As for me, Daniel, my cogitations much troubled me, and my countenance changed in me, but I kept the matter in my heart. <clears throat> So Daniel knew after being given these visions what was coming. And it troubled him. Well, we read the Bible, and we see what's coming. And it, it troubles us, and there's got to be parts of us that think, well, one of these days all this will come to pass, but right now I've got stuff I'm doing. I'm planning my vacation. I'm going to you know, plant my crops or build my buildings or whatever. I've got stuff I've got to have done. And then that stuff will happen. It looks like it could be right on the threshold right now of happening. Look at Ezekiel. It's just a book before Daniel chapter 38. Verse 1, chapter 38. It's called Gog, G-O-G. Now for a long, long time I've thought, well, Vladimir Putin is this guy. Verse 1, And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, set thy face against Gog, the land of Magog, the chief prince of Meshech and Tubal. These are all ancient names for territories that can be tricky to decide exactly where these places were but we know that he's coming from the north against Israel, and Moscow is due north over Jerusalem and Israel. Due north. It said to prophesy against this guy. Verse 3, And say, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I am against thee, O Gog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, and I will turn thee back, and put hooks into thy jaws, and I will bring thee forth and all thine army, horses and horsemen. And Now, people say, This was an ancient war. Horses and horsemen. Okay. What if the Holy Spirit had written tanks and uh, Sherpas? (laughs) Nobody would have known what that was. These are carriers. These are vehicles. These are means of moving about. You have to write what people would understand it to be. And Chuck Missler did a study on that. These horses, the Hebrew was leapers. It just meant something that can move quickly. All right. All of them clothed with all sorts of armor, even a great company with bucklers and shields, all of them handling swords. Rifles. Persia, Ethiopia. I was listening to Genesis this morning the very first country mentioned in all scriptures, is Ethiopia. Thought that was interesting. Persia, Ethiopia and Libya with them. All of them with shield and helmet. So these are North African nations that are going to join with this Gog from the north. Gomer and all his bands. The house of Togarma, and the north of the north quarters and all his bands and many people with thee all their bands most nations have allies right they got other countries like fight one and fight us all right all their bands seven be thou prepared and prepare for thyself thou and all thy company that are assembled unto thee and be thou a guard unto them After many days thou shalt be visited, in the latter years thou shalt come into the land that is brought back from the sword and is gathered out of many people against the mountains of Israel, which have been always waste, but it is brought forth out of the nations, and they shall dwell safely, all of them. So Israel has resettled. Israel became a nation again in 1948. And Mm. Jews have come from all around the world to live there. They call it the Aliyah. Verse 9, Thou shalt ascend and come like a storm. Thou shalt be like a cloud to cover the land. Thou and all thy bands and many people with thee. He's still talking to Gog here. Thus saith the Lord God, it shall also come to pass that at that same time shall things come into thy mind, and thou shalt think an evil thought. And thou shalt say, I will go up to the land of unwalled villages. I will go to them that are at rest, that dwell safely, all of them dwelling without walls, and having neither bars nor gates to take a spoil, and to take a prey, to turn thine hand upon the desolate places that are now inhabited, and upon the people that are gathered out of the nations, which have gotten cattle and goods that dwell in the midst of the land. It is Israel's natural gas that they have found that is the biggest threat to Russian power over Europe. If the European nations shifted to natural gas, which powers diesel engines beautifully. You ever see those air products, tractor trailers going down the road, them big <clears> propane <throat> tanks on the back? They don't have a fuel tank. Those tractors just have an extra line that connects to that cargo, and that's what they run on. Makes it kind of hard to steal it without stealing a load of stuff, too, doesn't it? Yeah. Verse 13, Sheba and Dedan and the merchants of Tarshish with all the young lions thereof shall say unto thee, Are thou come to take a spoil? Hast thou gathered thy company to take a prey, to carry away silver and gold, to take away cattle and goods, to take a great spoil? So all these Other nations are just looking and saying, what are you doing, Gog? Okay, let's say this is Putin. What are you doing? Now, you heard today, Ray, that he wants the Golan Heights. So, once he... He's already set up in Syria. If he just takes Syria over, and um, there's another, potentially one of the ribs, and then... He makes his war against Israel. Now how does this thing turn out? Not good. not <laughs> well, we'll read further. It doesn't turn out good for Gog. Anyway, verse fourteen, would you bring soda water for me, babe? Therefore, son of man prophesy and say unto Gog, thus saith the Lord God, in that day when my people of Israel dwelleth safely, Shalt thou not know it? And thou shalt come from the place out of the north parts, thou and many people with thee, he's gathered a, apparently some kind of a confederacy here, all of them riding upon horses, a great company and a mighty army. And thou shalt come up against my people of Israel as a cloud to cover the land. It shall be in the latter days, and I will bring thee against my land, thank you, that the heathen may know me when I shall be sanctified in thee, O God, before their eyes. You see what God's saying there? He's saying, I am going to make you do this. This is not even going to be your idea, Vlad Putin. It's not your idea. I'm going to put hooks in your jaws. I'm going to make you do this so that... Even the heathen might know me when I shall be sanctified in thee, O God. When when they see the world's largest army ever amassed um, fail, fall in the valley of Megiddo, Armageddon, the battle, they will know that Christ is Lord. They will know that he has done this. And he's saying, This is, I'm doing it so that they will know. Verse 17 Thus saith the Lord God, Art those I'm sorry, are thou he of whom I have spoken in old time by my servants, the prophets of Israel, which prophesied in those days, many years, that I would bring thee against them? Hmm. So even Putin's saying, are you this guy? Or they're saying that to him. Are you this guy that Ezekiel talked about? Are you him? Verse 18, And it shall come to pass at the same time when Gog shall come against the land of Israel, saith the Lord God, that my fury shall come up in my face. So here comes Gog, which is, if it's any time, in the remaining lives of all of us here, it's going to have to be Putin. I think maybe for us to live long enough to see another Gog arise, but I think we're just, we're just too close. For in my jealousy and in the fire of my wrath, I have spoken. Surely in that day there shall be a great shaking in the land of Israel, earthquakes, revelation. Right. So that the fishes of the sea and the fowls of the heaven and the beasts of the field and all the creeping things that creep upon the earth, and all the men that are upon the face of the earth shall shake at my presence, and the mountains shall be thrown down, and the steep places shall fall, and every whale shall fall to the ground, so every wall shall fall to the ground. And I will call for a sword against him throughout all my mountains, saith the Lord God. every man's sword shall be against his brother Zechariah fourteen they turn on each other. This is how God very often fights. Think about um uh, yeah and and the Midianites and the Malachites of Gideon. They turned him against each other. He's going to do this again here. Verse twenty-two, and I will plead against him with pestilence. Uh, Do we have any pestilence in Revelation? Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't remember any in Revelation. Nothing there, is it? That was Egypt, wasn't it? Pestilence, the fourth horseman, right? Disease, and I'll plead against him with pestilence and with blood, and I will rain upon him. And upon his bands and upon the many people that are with him, an overflowing rain and great hailstones, fire, and brimstone. This is all mentioned in Revelation. The hailstones, the earth. This lines up with the judgment that's coming in Revelation. Where these, you know, you start with the sealed judgments, the trumpet judgments, and the, and the bold or vile judgments. Thus I will magnify myself and sanctify myself, and I will be known in the eyes of many nations, and they shall know that I am the Lord. That's the end of 38. Let's go on into 39. (coughs) Therefore, thou son of man, prophesy against Gog, and say, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I am against thee, O Gog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, and I will turn thee back, and leave but the sixth part of thee, and will cause thee to come up from the north parts, and will bring thee upon the mountains of Israel. And I will smite thy bow out of thy left hand, and will cause thine arrows to fall out of thy right hand. Thou shalt fall upon the mountains of Israel, thou and all thy bands, and the people that is with thee. I will give thee unto the ravenous birds of every sort, and to the beasts of the field to be devoured, do we see ravenous birds carrying and eating birds and beasts devouring people in Revelation? Yes, we do. How many dots must we connect to know that that's what this is talking about? Thou shalt fall upon the open field, for I have spoken it, saith the Lord God. Verse 6 and I will send a fire on Magog and among them that dwell carelessly in the isles, and they shall know that I am the Lord. So will I make my holy name known in the midst of my people Israel, and I will not let them pollute my holy name anymore, except for a thousand years from now when we do this Ezekiel thing. Right? Wrong. (laughs) Behold, it is come... And it is done, saith the Lord God. This is the day whereof I have spoken. Asterisk. Well, it's one of those days. I got a whole lot worse planned. No, this is the day. This is Armageddon. Learn it, love it, live it. And we should be happy about that, by the way. I'll come back in uh, verse 9 in a minute. Um, We should be happy about that. We won't because there are several teachers we should be happy that the Lord is that close there are all, a lot of teachers I mentioned uh, J.D. Farag and there have been others they're trying to figure out where to shoehorn Ezekiel 38-39 into their eschatology and everywhere they put it a big error rolls up somewhere else oh well, let's put it here Well, what do you do here? Well, let's Mm. put it there. Well, look what you just did to the rest of things. You gotta put it where it goes. It, to me, is quite odd that Ezekiel would talk about some kind of a war here where hailstones fall out of heaven, pestilence and disease, people are dying, they're being Mm. eaten by the beasts of the field, the birds of the air are eating them up, earthquakes, and he tells about all this And uh, then he goes into describing the Millennial Temple. Well, that's the next thing that follows this war. What follows the Battle of Armageddon? The Lord sets up his Millennial reign, and the Millennial Temple is built. So Ezekiel naturally pivots to telling about that. We should be happy about it. I don't see how... You know, folks like Farag, I, I love his heart. He's a great guy. But I don't see how it's say. Rapture could happen at any moment. Okay, let's say it did. Let's say it happened tonight. How long are we supposed to be? Well, seven years. It's prophesied in the book of Daniel, I agree. Seven years. All right, then what? Well, then we come back and do what? Well, it's, uh, yeah, he he brings us back and he like does this uh feet on a Mount of Olives thing and wipes out all the enemies of Israel in the valley of Megiddo and uh, where's your Ezekiel 3839, buddy? Sounds like somebody Ray heard put it all the way at the end of the millennium. Yeah. Mm. We need
2: your Well, yeah before Christ's return to put his feet on the mount, there's
0: Satan rouses up and because he's a loose for season. That's at the end of the, millennium. the millennium. Yeah. Yeah. Christ and Zechariah His feet go on the mountain at the beginning of of that age. And he just strikes his enemies dead. And, uh, I mean, you know, uh, Revelation tells us what to expect at the end of the millennium. Satan is released Mm -hmm. for a little while. while. And he gathers a bunch of people to come against God's people. And he doesn't even merit half a verse. God Mm -hmm. spoke and he's dead. Kind of like that South Park thing, the kid's money. And it's gone. (laughs) Well,
2: and and, and he devours them with the word of his mouth. There's nothing, there's no, there's no blood
0: battle. Right. There doesn't need to be. He spoke creation into existence. Mm -hmm. He said, let there be light and there was. He can say anything and it happens.
2: But the description of the the battle of Armageddon is lots of dead people, lots of buzzards, lots of blood to the horse's bridle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when Christ comes back and, and speaks against Satan, it, he evaporates the enemy. He says There's nothing he, to eat. <laughs> yeah.
0: He creates a new heavens and new earth. This is in Isaiah, um, I think it's 64. It is. And he, um, you know, the nations are set up out there. A man's days could be as the years of a tree. He could live as long as a tree, a thousand years. That's what it says. That's the next new heavens and new earth. But you can die young at 100, it says in there. Not us, though. When those of us who are in Christ, we have glorified immortal bodies. But there are human beings running around in this millennial age. Um, some who have survived the tribulation. Uh, Zechariah 14 talks about those survivors. Isaiah talks about those survivors. The ones that have survived, they automatically receive... No, like, no. well, no, I don't think you understand what I'm saying. Okay. You, they do they automatically receive like a body that regenerates where they could live hundreds of years or apparently. Are, are those people still, well, I think the I think atmosphere
2: the of life is available.
0: Uh, <laughs> at, at, Keeps it, you up. at the end okay. of the millennial age. Mm-hmm. It is, mm-hmm. and and that shows us there too that um, life goes on. Yeah, and, you know there is no time spoken of in the Bible where perishable human beings are not walking the face of this earth. Revelation ends with they need to eat the, uh, the leaves, the nations, these leaves of this tree of life are for the healing of the nations. Why well, they need to be healed? Well, they're sick, why? Because you've got flesh and blood bodies. Now God doesn't tell us what he's got planned after that. We may, I'm sure, find out when we need to know. But um, But once again, don't miss this. If the rapture is imminent, and we're going to be with Christ seven years, and it happens now, he's going to bring us back seven years later, and where's Ezekiel 38, 39? Well, it ain't there. I hadn't heard it yet that they put it at the end of the millennial age, but to me that's like gluing the chrome valve covers on the roof of the mall car. Couldn't figure out where they went. Let's put them here. That battle at the end of the millennial age doesn't merit half a verse. This shows seven years, doesn't it? Let's read on. Ezekiel 38, I'm sorry, 39, verse 9. And they that dwell in the cities of Israel shall go forth and shall set on fire and burn the weapons, both the shields and the bucklers and the bows and the arrows and the hand staves and the spears, and they shall burn them with fire seven years. What are they going to do, go into the age after the millennial age and burn these weapons seven years? <clears throat> so they're going to, that's, that to me, that's all. Verse 10, so that they shall take no wood out of the field, neither cut down any out of the forest. Now, you're Russians, you're Chinese, and, and the, the China issue is not addressed here, but in Daniel 11 it is. It appears that China is going to look at all this stuff unfolding in the Middle East with the Antichrist in power. And the prophecy says in the Antichrist, he gets troubling news from the East. China has about 400 million soldiers. Revelation speaks of a 200 million man army, doesn't it? there wasn't 200 million people on the planet when that's when that prophecy was written but now china that's half their army i believe China's going to say we've got the manpower we've got the soldiers let's run them over let's take it all this is a religious war and these people are deluded with their religion and we're going to get the oil and the coal and the natural gas, and all these other resources, it's ours for the taking. So the Antichrist would very much have his hands full with that coming. I don't know that they ever get there. It doesn't say they do. But apparently they're going to try to get there. And it says in the Revelation that the way would be prepared for the kings of the east by what? They're Drying up the Euphrates. The Euphrates River is dried up to prepare the way for the kings of the east. I, I think it's it in chapter vibrating. 16, huh? The whole table's vibrating because oh,
1: he's, sorry. I'm sitting there am having tremors. <laughs> it's an earthquake. I'm having tremors. Or something. Then I figured,
0: eh, it's a rascal across that table. Okay. So they're going to burn these weapons seven years. Those AK-47s. Woodwork. They got a wooden forearm. They got a wooden stock. Isn't that interesting to consider? Because there's going to be hundreds of millions of them. Yeah. I mean, they would burn a long time for you What's the Russian gun that the barrels were made out of wood? I don't know, but there you go. That'd be a good one too, I guess, if it burned. Wooden barrels? Never heard of that. Okay. Mm-hmm. So a right. single shot, use it once and that's it. Okay, here we go. Verse 10. I, I don't remember the details about it. So that they shall take no wood out of the field, neither cut down any out of the forest, for they shall burn the weapons with fire, and they shall spoil those that spoil them and rob those that rob them, saith the Lord God. This wouldn't be something going on at the end of the millennium, though, would it, right? No, I would, this is Armageddon. And we should be glad about it. That means the return of the Lord well, is so close. let you're in 39, right? 39, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah sure. mm-hmm. And it shall come Living to pass... What's that? The Living Bible is different. Than the King oh, definitely. Bible. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. The Living Bible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's. Uh, I like the Living Bible. The left for out me. part. Um, uh, is that the Living Bible? Is that what it's called? That's
2: the Living, Bi- uh, not Living, uh, New King James. New King, New King James. They okay. left out part of the first and first
0: two. Well, yeah, you're gonna have that because they're just like the NIV here. They based it on texts that were found later, yeah. or that were, they were found later, but the text dated to an earlier time. And Chuck Musler had the best answer there. These texts were found intact because they fell from use because they were yeah. not complete. Yeah, and they were, they, were, they were really messed up too. Yeah. So anyway, verse 11, it shall come to pass that in that day I will give unto Gog a place there of graves in Israel. The Valley of the Passengers on the East of the... Oh, I know why that guy's saying Gog is... Or this battle is at the end of the millennium. I know why. Well, for one thing, it helps him figure out where to put this battle. But for another thing, it, Gog is revived at that end of that millennial age. Gog comes back. Gog is simply a fallen one, a an evil spirit. That's what you're going to have there. He does you know, our spirits don't die, our souls don't die. So even these demons that, you know, fret around us today were the souls of the Nephilim or the giants, the hybrids, half fallen angel, half human, half human mother. Anyway.
2: Well, so is Gog in in that particular case a type
0: of... It could be a type or it could be the same entity
2: because uh in verse 2 of 38 it says that um against Gog in the land of Magog it's being pretty specific that that might be somebody probably the leader of that, of Gog Magog brother. Yeah. Gog is a place, Gog is Magog is a place, Gog is a leader.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh so verse 11 again it shall come to pass in that day that I will give unto Gog a place there of graves in Israel, the valley of the passengers on the east of the sea, and it shall stop the noses of the passengers, and there, shall, and there they shall bury Gog and all his multitude, and they shall call it the valley of Haman Gog. And seven months shall the house of Israel be burying of them, and that they may cleanse the land. I just don't imagine the Lord allowing anything like this after the millennial age. Yea, all the people of the land shall bury them, and it shall be to them a renown, the day that I shall be glorified, saith the Lord God, and they shall shall sever out men of continual employment, passing through the land to bury with the passengers those that remain upon the face of the earth to cleanse it. After the end of seven months shall they search. And the passengers that pass through the land, when any seeth a man's bone, then shall he set up a sign by it, or a marker, till the barriers have buried it in the valley of Haman-Gog. These things are... Uh, it's contaminated. Poisonous. Radioactive. Yeah. I don't think radioactive, and I'll tell you why.
2: Why? Because it wouldn't stink. If it was ra- uh,
1: radioactivity kills uh, bacteria, so it won't stink. But these are professional people. These people well, are probably well, in but, hazmat. But suppose it's bio. Suppose that this Maybe bio is contaminated. Didn't they say that the weapons that they use would be used as fuel... And that was like for a seven-year period of time, wow. and that's what some of the uh, mm. nuclear
0: waste and stuff—not waste, but seven was years. The wood. Yeah, the wood. And it's funny it's that that, that comes up uh, seven years that <laughs> it takes them to clean it up. Yeah, verse sixteen, and also the name of the city shall be Hamona. Thus shall they cleanse the land. And thou, son of man, thus saith the Lord God: Speak unto every feathered fowl, and to every beast of the field, assemble yourselves and come to gather yourselves on every side to my sacrifice that I do sacrifice for you, even a great sacrifice upon the mountains of Israel that you Mm -hmm. may eat flesh and drink blood. Armageddon is talked about in Revelation. Are we on that page now, everybody? Mm -hmm. You shall eat the flesh of the mighty and drink the blood of the princes of the earth of rams, of lambs, and of goats, of bullocks, all of them fatlings of Bashan. And ye shall eat fat till you be full, and drink blood till you be drunken. He's talking to the birds, by the way, and the beasts. Of my sacrifice, which I have sacrificed for you. Thus ye shall be filled at my table with horses and chariots, with mighty men, and with all men of war, saith the Lord God. Now, are these birds going to eat chariots? No. It's easy enough to see that this is, you know, basically typology. Jesus says, I am the door. It doesn't mean he's got two hinges and a knob. You know? <laughs> so Israel's restored after this, it says. And I will set my glory among the heathen, and all the heathen shall see my judgment that I have ex- executed, and my hand that I have laid upon them. So the house of Israel shall know that I am the Lord their God from that day and forward. And the heathen shall know that the house of Israel went into captivity for their iniquity because they trespassed against me. Therefore hid I my face from them and gave them into the hand of their enemies. So fell they all by the sword." That, too, couldn't happen after the millennium. He's saying, I want to show the heathen that you were taken into captivity, then you were delivered, and I beat your enemies. That wouldn't fit anywhere, except Armageddon. According to their uncleanness and according to their transgressions have I done unto them and hid my face from them. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, now will I bring again the captivity of Jacob. And have mercy upon the whole house of Israel, and will be jealous for my holy name. After that they have borne their shame and all their trespasses, whereby they have trespassed against me, when they dwelt safely in their land, and none made them afraid. When I have brought them again from the people, and gathered them out of their enemies' lands, and am sanctified in them in the sight of many nations. Then shall they know that I am the Lord their God, which caused them to be led into captivity among the heathen, but I have gathered them unto their own land, and have left none of them any more there. Neither will I hide my face any more from them, for I have poured out my spirit upon the house of Israel, saith the Lord God. Look again there at verse 28, that they, then shall they know that I am the Lord their God, which calls them to be led into captivity, right? That's what happened to the Jewish people. Among the heathen, but I've gathered them unto their own land. That has been done now, right? That's in, uh, even ongoing, it's being done now. And have left none of them more there, any more there Let me see how far in we are. I thought we might run a little long. That's all right. Let's uh, look at Revelation, Um, and we want um, the thousand-year millennial reign of Revelation chapter twenty. He says, "And I saw an angel. Now, by the way." All of the tribulation, all of the judgments have been dispersed and handled by this point. In chapter 19, Jesus returns with the armies of heaven, and he'll have us with him. Coming back from the marriage supper, or in the seven years, verse 1 of Revelation 20, And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit, And a great chain in his hand, and he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. And cast him, now this is at the beginning of the millennial age, right? And cast him into the bottomless pit, and shut him up, and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more, till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed a little season, it says. All right, there's a seal put on him. He can't get out. The same uh, Greek word for seal there is the word used when the Holy Spirit seals us. I had a Pentecostal type, I think it was, it could have been Church of Christ, said, well, you know, you're sealed, but you can break that seal. Oh, you can break the seal, but Satan can't? Who do you think you are? anyway yeah you could be unborn (laughs) just
1: like you gotta be born again then you get unborn then born again unborn wait a minute
0: so he's gonna be loosed a little while the end of verse 3 and verse 4 and I saw thrones and they sat upon them and judgment was given unto them and I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God many many people during the tribulation will not take the mark of the beast the there will be many tribulation saints people getting saved people dying because of it so Putin's actually talking about beheading enemies literally beheading them. I saw that today, but they had not worshiped the beast, neither his image neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years now these are not immortal people these are they have a they have the ability to live a thousand years if they survive this tribulation but that's because christ is changing the dynamic the makeup of, of the world verse five says, but the rest of the dead live not again until the thousand years were finished this is the first resurrection that's a confusing passage the first resurrection Others is it first numerically or is it first in preeminence? People have debated that. Some people use that passage to say you're not getting resurrected until the end of the thousand years. Well, that's the people that didn't get saved. That's the ones who went through the tribulation, but they did serve Christ during that time. <coughs> or some did, and then these are the ones who didn't.
2: Well, even the people that in our age right now that are dead without Christ. They don't get raised until the end no of the That's right. But don't
0: they we'll are conscious. The end of the millennium. Judgment day. And there are people living during the thousand year reign who will be judged according to their works, mm-hmm. but they will be saved. And you're going to see this in just a second. <laughs> I have that this one right here, Ryrie Study Bible, you know, like verse 15. He says, so this means everybody in this judgment goes to hell. That's not what that means. There'd be no point in the judgment, would there? So the rest of the dead live, didn't live again until a thousand years were finished, and then the first resurrection is what that says. Verse 6, blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death has no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. And when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison and shall go out to deceive the nations. You've still got people capable of sinning. Even though Satan's been bound up, we can sin without him, apparently. (laughs) Apparently. And shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog. Magog. To gather them together to battle, the number of whom it is as the sand of the sea. He's going to go out and gather this huge battle. And it says, And um, they went up on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about and the beloved city. And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. That's not. Uh, that's not Armageddon, is it? Armageddon is a bloody battle. Armageddon results in something that takes a while to sort out. And a lot you know a lot of people say, well why would we be burning stuff for firewood seven years into the millennial age? Well, why not? You know That's however God wants it to be. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast. And the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. God makes conscious beings. God made angels. God made human beings with the conscious soul. And that can't die. So of course wherever you find yourself in the end, it's going to be forever. And it says, uh, verse 11, And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat upon it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. You're assuming that when you're looking at that throne, that's all you can see. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. It's a works-based judgment. These are people who died uh, either prior to the millennial age or during the millennial age, right? And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged, every man, according to their works. That's the second time it's mentioned. You're going to be, it's a works-based judgment. What did you do? Verse 14, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death, and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. After that, you have the new Jerusalem coming down, but, um. It's not too hard to see that the millennial age is a works-based thing. And if you read Ezekiel 40 through 48, the millennial temple, there are sacrifices coming again. I mean, he's got sacrifices for sin, the Lord has. You know, this is Israel again, right? Okay, this is Israel 2.0. Let's get it right this time. Um... I'm not trying to make light of the fact that I would I'd have sounded worse than any of them. I know. I'm sure.
2: Well, it's pretty easy to figure. You have got an age of grace when the, when the rapture occurs. It grace it over. is over, and you go back to the Judaism. Mm. Judaism, just like in, it's going to be that way during the tribulation. It's going to be
1: works. Yeah. The Jews, you know. But I thought it speaks about there's no other name under heaven by which the stay.
0: state still doesn't negate that though. Well, well, there may be something for them in the age after that millennium because the New Jerusalem comes down Mm -hmm. and it's got the 12 gates and each one is a pearl.
2: Well, and look at the people, the devout Jews that are part of the remnant that are alive, have been alive all along. Where are they? You know? Yeah. Where are they? And do they get a chance? It says that Jesus went and preached to the captives. Yes. All right. But what about the people since then? Mm-hmm. Abraham uh, was saved by faith in what God said He would do, and uh, he, he, you know he, he did have the gospel preached to him. No, it says in Galatians. But there's
0: messianic mm-hmm. Jews too that do believe. Yes, Christians. that's correct. Well,
2: that, they're they're just Christians then.
0: They... Yeah, they just become very quickly. Let me read this out of Romans 11. Mm-hmm. Um, this, this I never hear taught, but it's, it, the Bible teaches it. Mm-hmm. Um, verse 25, for I would not, brethren, that you, this is Romans 11, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness in part is happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles be in, And so all Israel shall be saved. This is the true Israel. As it is written, there shall come out of Zion the deliverer and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. For this is my covenant unto them when I shall take away their sins. Listen to verse 28. Mm-hmm. As concerning the gospel, they are enemies for your sakes. But as touching the election, they are beloved for the Father's sakes. For the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. an amazing story. <laughs> Well, you got the two witnesses uh, in Revelation 11. They're dead for three days. Doesn't say where their souls go, but then they come back to life. You know,
1: you know.
0: Moses and Elijah, oh, most people believe, yeah, because they were on the Mount of Transfiguration. That's right. And um, so, but it just calls them two witnesses. And both of them's bodies,
2: Michael and Satan, contend it. Well, well, you take you take the people that were raised from the dead during the apostolic movement and during Christ's ministry, uh, and they
0: died again. Where did their soul go when they died? <clears throat> for that brief period of time. Well, the yeah. Abraham's bosom spoken of in Luke uh, is 15, and uh, that's where Abraham was. And then the rich man was on the other side. Well, Lazarus was with Abraham and he he was comforted. Yeah, but when
2: when he came back, did he he start giving stories about uh, like that? Like, I was over here with Abraham's bosom and I saw... There is no more bosom of Abraham.
0: I think it might be still. He
2: rose he emptied it yeah
0: but, but what emptied. about the
2: Jews of God well, mm-hmm.
0: those that are held this in blindness, thing. the ones who are held in blindness, this is a whole other study it to is, be yeah. they're held in blindness for the sake of the Gentiles if God is holding them in blindness and we're not Calvinists here we, we believe that God is Absolutely. virtually fair um, and one dies with a, you know he couldn't see the Lord he was held in blindness but he's part of the remnant. That's talked about in Romans 11. Maybe that place is still there. Mm-hmm. Maybe the two witnesses in Re- Revelation 11 go there and say Jesus Christ is Lord and, and, and allow them to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, they're whom, gone. Whom,
1: do Christ, I didn't no. whom did Christ preach to?
0: The people Abraham, the Isaac, Jacob, all the Old Testament, Old Testament saints. saints. That's right. He led captivity out. Did
2: he go to the lost to talk to them? No. Right. Well, I it, say, it so. says that he preached to uh, the people prior to the flood that were sometimes sinful. It says sometimes. Well, it I'm saying Peter. I it? think everybody was in there was sinful because that's why he brought the flood. He's
0: probably just talking about you know
2: real bad. Yeah, I guess so. But they didn't have a chance to hear the gospel. Why? Because the gospel wasn't revealed back then.
1: Not even to Abraham at that point. But they were—they they knew were of God because they Abraham they had sacrifices and they, and they 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 God prayed to God. God. Yeah, they really? knew who
0: He was. Well, yeah. they they couldn't some, go to yeah, they couldn't certain. go to God the Father in the Old Testament because the only way to God the Father is through Christ. So they had to have a place. And in the King James, they call it Abraham's bosom. He they they were comforted there and then you see across a gulf you see Sheol or torment's mm-hmm. hell um, and the rich man's there and he's not happy Damage. okay and Damage. so yeah. what if the, the, were there people even today who God is holding in blindness so you are part of the remnant of Israel and this is Romans 11 you're part of this remnant uh, I'm not giving you eyes to see and ears to hear. You have another job. And you're not going to God the Father because you can only go through Christ to see God the Father. But uh, you'll get your chance, but you're not getting it yet. Mm-hmm. Looks like you're going to die. I'm going to put you down there where Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob were. There's plenty of room now because I led captivity out of there a couple thousand years ago. That's just a theory. Mm-hmm. But it makes sense to me. I don't see how you... How you reconcile, unless you're just a full-blown, foaming-at-the-mouth Calvinist. Like you, the yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> that you could say that God would blind Jewish people to the gospel. And then not make it right. And then give them a chance. Give them yeah. no chance. Yeah.
2: Well, and you know, the very fact that the resurrection... it's right. Yeah the very fact that the resurrection at at, at the end of the world when the dead without Christ rise right. so that's why there's a separate place for the the Jews that are faithful but don't know they're blinded so they have to go somewhere and it's not the
0: same place I was having a discussion with a Calvinist one time I was just tongue in cheek but I think it tweaked him a little bit And I said, your Jesus, this Jesus of Calvinism, he's like, he's the, you know, over the uh, puppy dog race here. He's like, uh, he's the boss of this puppy dog race and the gates are getting ready to be opened and the little rabbit's gonna run down through there and they're all gonna tear off chasing it after he fires the pistol. So he holds the pistol up and fires it and he puts one foot on this tail and one foot on that dog's tail and then he pulls the trigger. There's your Jesus of Calvinism That's, in a nutshell. At description. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. It won't hold water. Uh, <clears throat> Calvinism you won't. Know it don't. You, you know the definition
1: of purgatory.
2: <laughs> That's an invention. Uh.
1: Special department in hell for Roman Catholics.
0: <laughs> <laughs> John, would you like to close us tonight?
2: Father, we're thankful for the opportunity. To meet here tonight please bless ron and his family please, give him yes. a sense of your presence yes sir. keep us safe and keep us sound and keep us fixed on the notion that you're in complete control oh, yes. in christ's name amen. Yes. Amen. amen amen
0: very very good <laughs>